You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Stay tuned after this episode to hear some little tidbits about evolution provided by Mark that are actually really interesting. Check it out. Welcome to episode 24 of a Life in Ruins podcast, where we investigate the careers of those living a life in ruins. I'm your host, Carlton Gover, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Connor Johnnan and David Howe. Here we are again with another edition of Our Ruined Lives. Our guest tonight is our friend Mark Torrender. Mark is the popular YouTuber and Instagrammer who runs the channels named Evolution Soup and Talk Beliefs. We've been wanting to have Mark on for a while now, and we're glad to chat with him this afternoon. Mark, thank you so much for being on. How are you doing today? Great. It's uh, great to be with you guys again. Yeah, it's been uh, surprisingly warm over here, so even right now, and it's uh, 10 at night, nearly. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so you're recording this. Um, you're over across the pond, and you're in London, right? I am just outside of London and not far from the northwest of London. So I could, I could, if I wanted to, I could cycle there, but I'm in <laughs> no mood to do that. I'm in a town called Watford. Okay. So I think when you and I chatted last, it's, you didn't grow up in Watford, but you grew up over here, right? Well, I, I was born in America, but my family, my mother's from England, my dad's from Ireland, and I had my teenage years over there, and I came over to Ireland for a while. My, my mom was actually still there. And then I came over to England, and I've been here ever since. Uh, the idea was to go back to America, but I kind of fell in love with London, uh, not just the Natural History Museum, <laughs> but absolutely everything. Like the famous person said, if you get tired of London, you're tired of the world. I never got tired of London, so... I stuck around. London was pretty cool when I went there. Yeah. It's like it's New York, I think but British. A, I could think of a bunch of countries that got tired of London real quick, but uh, <laughs> anyways, so Mark, you run two very popular channels, uh, Talk Beliefs, which was, mm -hmm. was that your first one or was Evolution? Okay, so Talk Beliefs was first and did Evolution Soup. Yep. Me and David both did uh, interviews with you. You interviewed us. Yes. I, I just checked on it today. I think the one I did for you is came out over a year ago and it's still at like 300 views and three comments. <laughs> Not doing too hot, but thank you so much for having me. And of course, uh, David did Ethnosynology, which people just eat up. What was the impetus for kind of starting talk beliefs like in the background? Yeah, well, and it all sort of leads into evolution soup and my uh, interest or getting back into the interest of science and evolution. I grew up in, as I said, in America and I kind of a religious upbringing. I wasn't in a cult or anything like that, but sometimes it, it kind of felt like it because I had a Protestant mother and a Catholic father. So I was being, you know, pulled this way and that. And uh, both of these religions were ostensibly the same, but uh, very, very different at the same time. Outside in the town, there were people who were calling themselves Christians, but my mom said, you know, stay away from them. Those are, you know, those are cults, you know. And I was wondering, what, what the hell are those? Or why do people believe these things? And basically, I kept finding these weird people on street corners in all the countries I've lived in. Like I said, I've lived in America, I've lived in Ireland, I've lived in the UK. And there's always somebody in some funny robes on the street corner trying to uh, tell you that their way is the best way and come along to a meeting, yada, yada, yada. And um, I started yeah. talking to them. And that's kind of how it all started. Mm-hmm. Did you have like a specific encounter with someone on the street? Like, 
in oh, either yes. here or in America or <laughs> London that that kind of sparked your interest in this? Yeah, well, the whole uh, point of starting Talk Beliefs is actually I was doing something called street epistemology. I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. It's basically just talking to these people in the street or allowing them to come up to you and then just sort of asking questions and as to why they believe yeah. what they believe. And uh, ever so often they would bring up, you know, do you believe in evolution? What about the age of the earth? And it it quickly became very apparent to me that uh, evolution really bothered a lot of these people. So a lot of the, the videos I did on Talk Belief, some of them were about were with me talking to these actual people in the street. And later on, it was people who actually came to me and I interviewed them on, uh, on uh, Skype originally. And it was about um, mm. why they had left and they wanted to speak out about it. And a lot of it was because they couldn't reconcile belief in science with what um, the cult or the group wanted them to believe, which is that the earth was young sure. and uh, yeah, and that God created us all perfectly, you know, in this, in this one form. I started looking into creationist uh, websites and videos, and I saw that they had a kind of like a propaganda campaign to convince people that basically scientists were lying. And uh, <laughs> I thought, I have to do something about this. Sounds but, uh, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you guys all have encountered that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just a little bit. Uh, we had a booth for undergraduate anthropology or the undergraduate anthropology association at university of Tennessee where I went and you know, the banner for it has the human evolution, like, you know, a little like mm. ape going to man thing. And somebody came by talking to us about like how evolution is like not real. And like, how, how do you, mm. and it boiled down to like me and I think my girlfriend at the time discussing like evolution or whatever. And, it boiled down to the person asking me like, well, where does your, where does your like understanding of truth come from? And I was like, uh, well, Oh yeah. Physic, physics, I guess, like where everything should come from. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it was just, it, you get into interesting conversations on the street for sure with people like about science. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I can relate cause you know, I did my undergraduate in the South, just like David. And I remember there were, uh, you know, we'd have students in the class who were like forensic anthropologists mm. and they were like, yeah, I don't believe in evolution. We didn't come from a bunch of monkeys. And it was just like, how are you in this major? Like, what is the <laughs> cognitive dis dissidence where, yeah. you know, these fundamental principles that you need to do your work are just ignored? I don't know. It's, it's a definitely an interesting topic. Yeah, it uh, always comes yeah, down to so. human evolution, definitely. It's, um, if evolution was just about animals, they would be fine about it. They wouldn't, there wouldn't be an ark park. There wouldn't be a creation museum. There wouldn't be all these videos, which you see on YouTube, saying why this proof of evolution is not true. It's, they don't like the idea that they are not special. And this isn't just creationists and religious people. This is also people, you don't really get it as so much as religious people, but it's also people who want to feel that human beings are special and we're here for some purpose. And if we just evolved from an ape and before that, you know, slime, as they like to call it, or Kent Hovind says, uh, evolved from a rock, then <laughs> they just can't handle it, you know. <laughs> have, have any of you guys ever been to the Creationist Museum out in Kentucky? I fortunately have not. I have not. I've been. I'd love to go. Oh, yeah. Way, yeah, on my way to uh, Wyoming when I was driving from uh, Virginia, I stopped at the museum and uh, they 
they have security. And if you're doing something, quote unquote, disrespectful, mm-hmm. you, uh, you get removed. And I was there for 30 minutes and I got to the human evolution bit where they had uh, uh. Australopithecus Lucy. And I was giggling uncontrollably just at how ridiculous this whole thing was. And uh, these two guys in suits, like, you need to leave mm. and escorted me out of the building. Wow. So uh, 30 buck ticket for a 30 minute visit. God, it was interesting. What I wish I could have seen like? more. It was just, it, it was just silly. I yeah, don't Lucy know. Lucy is completely. Yeah, that is the one thing which that's really that gets them more than anything. Anytime that uh, I do a post on Instagram about Lucy or I do something about Lucy on either channel, um, it just attracts people. Like you know, oh no 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 no. And I think it's because Lucy is the most famous one. You know, she is the the Australopith that everyone has heard of. You know, not many creationists. If you if you mention. Homo heidelbergensis, or even the newer finds like Floresiensis, they they haven't heard of them. But Lucy is like, you know, the, the poster child of evolution. And that's the one they feel they have to debunk. I know the one at the Creation Museum is just basically, it just looks like, uh, just like a gorilla on all fours, knuckle walking. Yeah, my, my favorite is that they acknowledge dinosaurs and they're like, before, before sin, all, every animal and like dinosaurs included used to live in, in paradise and they all used to eat plants and they're just like, but once sin happened, that's when they started eating each other. Like their whole explanation yes. for a lot of this stuff, like was just, just, uh, you know, that's it's a, different. It's a different yeah. point of view. Um, that's, I guess the best way to explain it, but talk beliefs happen. You notice this going on in the street. And then, so your first episode was on Jehovah's witnesses, right? Yeah, one of the early ones I did, I was in London and I saw these uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, as you see, almost every corner, they like to stand very near to train stations because people will come out there, you know, en masse and they'll see the magazines. And uh, they had a magazine about, you know, was life created or not? And I just started chatting to them. And then they pulled out an iPad. I thought, oh, this is interesting. I've never seen Jehovah's Witnesses with an iPad before, and they played this little animation similar to, you know, a stated clearly or that type of thing, you know, really well done. Yeah. And it was just, I was obviously aimed at, at younger people, but it was basically saying, if you look around and you see cars and you see buildings and you'll see a watch, you will know that these things have been designed, right? And then they made this huge leap in this animation, it was about five minutes, and they said, Therefore, if you look at a tree or if you look at an animal, if you look at yourself, we must all be designed. And that was that was basically it. And I said, you are you are making a rather big leap there. And it got into evolution. And I remember they brought up the Cambrian explosion. Now, I knew Mm. what that was. I hadn't been studying evolution in the way I have been recently. I was a little bit rusty on it. And so, of course, I couldn't answer him in a way that could have pleased me better. You know, I was, I was uh, not too happy, but he seemed to think that this, as they call it, an explosion of life, which happened about 540 million years ago, is proof that everything was created at once. So it doesn't matter that, you know, the, he's saying the earth is millions of years old, as long as everything appears to have, you know, been created or, or to have appeared all at once, that seems to prove creation. And uh, he said, you know, all sorts of things appeared, you know, apes, T-Rexes. And <laughs> of course, I now know that that is not true. Uh, in the Cambrian explosion, which was 25 million years, you know, not that fast, uh, we had the beginning of vertebrates, of course. 
uh, animals with shells. But I didn't know that at the time. Oh, uh, so they're like, yeah. their their skeletons could fossilize better then, and that's what's why they right. you see that. Pr- okay, yeah. yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So, hmm. but still, I got in. I you know I got into this this conversation with this guy, and this has happened. This has happened more and more. And I thought, you know, in order to really have you know an interesting conversation and get these people thinking, I have got to you know go back to my evolution studies which I've always been interested in since I was a kid and and really really get the knowledge as, as best as I as I can and well I started doing that I, I started doing some uh, debunking videos on talk beliefs debunking their debunking videos and in the end I thought this needs its own channel I just need to put science and evolution out there not necessarily pointing the finger at, at anyone like creationists it there were so many pseudoscience, you know, flat earth and all kinds of things on YouTube. I just wanted to put something out there with evolution in the title. And I started the Instagram about the same time. And really, it was just to get it out there. Right. Yeah. Has it been easy to you for you to f- get access to information about evolution through scholarly journals or articles or, or whatever it is? is? Has that been fairly easy for you? this process not not too bad not too bad at all really i mean you know thank thank goodness for the internet but i found also that people who are in the world of science like yourselves uh they're very open to not only being interviewed which i which i have been and doing now but to to answer questions uh when i made a video which was debunking a debunking video about lucy i was basically had to prove that no matter what you guys say, Lucy is a transitional fossil and is, or rather was, a biped. And so I emailed a couple of people who had worked on the Lucy fossil you know, recently and just asked all kinds of questions. I wanted to get it absolutely right. And they were very accommodating. And what I always find is that people in the sciences are very happy to talk about their work because, uh, as you all know, they love it. So Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely the case with me. I can talk for yeah. hours about it. You know, one of my one of my favorite arguments with the Lucy folks is uh, how she died. You guys know oh, yeah. that one? Or it's like the the recent one that came out. What was his What was his name? He was uh, Larry Todd. He came out with a paper stating that like Lucy died from falling out of a tree, and uh, out of a tree. Yeah, just don't like it. Yeah, they don't. Paleoanthropologists who've been studying for years do not do not appreciate or condone that interpretation in the slightest that I've, I've come to find out. But um, he's a archeologist that studied like how animals have died archeologically, mm-hmm. like his entire life. And like, he was like, well, based on everything I've ever studied, it looks like the impact fractures on her legs are conducive to her falling out of a tree. And all these paleoanthropologists were like, no, <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> that was, that was the first big fight I got in with Lana about. Cause you know, Lana is a paleoanthropologist and we were like, we had a couple drinks with her paleoanth friends and like, have you seen this stupid shit that about him fall or Lucy falling out of a tree? And I was like, yeah. And it looks <laughs> legit. Like I buy the science and. Mm. Oh boy, that was just a blowout fight that turned. It was just who, who. Well, as far yeah. as I know, the uh, the discoverer Donald Johansson. What what he said happened oh. was that um, that she somehow somehow died falling into this this uh, body of water, and over the the three million years, uh, the bones were crushed by animals who were feeding and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and they say, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other, they're always like, yeah, the other osteopithecines have the same fractures. So it's like, yeah, well, if they were all 
sleeping in the trees at night. It makes sense if they're all falling out of trees every now and then because they were kind of <laughs> bipedal at that point. But uh, oh. I love the diagram that they created of her falling out because it's just such an accurate representation <laughs> of my life when something goes wrong. <laughs> just me falling out of the tree and falling over. I'll have to send that to you. And on that lovely note, we yes. are going to end the first segment of this <sighs> interview with Mark Torrender from Evolution Soup. So uh, we'll catch you in the second segment. Welcome back to a Life in Ruins podcast, episode 24 with Mark Torrender, Evolution Soup. Talk beliefs, all, all the channels, um, and we wanted to start off this section by asking you because you obviously have so many YouTube, you have a couple YouTube channels. Um, you're constantly engaging with the public. Mm-hmm. How have those interactions gone? Are they mostly positive? Are they mostly negative? Are you getting a lot of hate mail? What? How does it? How does it end up coming out? Well, the the comment section is a sight to behold, I'll tell you, especially on the Talk Beliefs channel, because if they perceive that you're having a, like we say over here, a pop at religion, they're going to come after you and they're going to dig their heels in as well. And initially with that channel, that's something I, I kind of wanted to be kind of come across as kind of like, you know, an atheist on a crusade. But I, uh, in the end, I found out it was, it was, it's kind of counterproductive. Like I say, they, they just, it just becomes a tennis match in the, in the comments section. And I still get some very strange ones to this day, not necessarily aimed at me, but aimed at what is being said, you know, and uh, all these fights go on with all these uh, viewers in the comments section, sometimes for months and even (laughs) over the course of a year in one case. And uh, I think that was about, uh, it was a video I'd done on Mormons. Oddly enough, since starting the Evolution Soup channel, it's been mostly positive comments about science, which is great. You'd think that, you know, the, the detractors would be you know, really attacking. But so far, I know it's a much younger channel. Uh, so far, it's been it's been very positive. That's that's great to hear. In the break, you were telling us a story about some of the kind of conspiracy theories associated with Lucy and its reconstruction or oh, yes. fake reconstruction, as people think. Yes. Well, a lot of the controversy around Lucy is the fact that as Donald Johansson and his team presented, uh, it is a very human-like pelvis. It's not flared out like a chimps. It's uh, more bowl shaped to support uh, an obvious biped, somebody who's standing vertically. Uh, but when the, the pelvis was found in the Afar region of Ethiopia, it was broken. But it was kind of twisted and smashed together in an anatomically impossible shape, he called it. And all it was needed to do was to take a kink out of it. And they were very upfront about this. They even reconstructed this process, refilmed it, as it were, for, uh, I think it was Nova, which was a uh, documentary that came out, I think, in the late 90s. And then they they put the pieces together, like kind of like a three-dimensional jigsaw puzzle, and it all fit together. And, hey, it looks doesn't look like an ape. It looks a lot like ours. And this animal was a biped. And we know that from other reasons as well. When you look at the legs, for instance, or look at the femur, it's sloping. And our only human legs slope like that because we have to support our center of gravity as we walk upright. Uh, a chimp doesn't do that because they their head is thrust forward and they knuckle walk. Anyway, so that is not enough mm-hmm. for some people who, det- the, the, the detractors, shall we call them, they say, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> this <laughs> this uh, pelvis was manipulated. And what I had said in the in my video was that 
if it was some sort of deception, why would they recreate the whole scene and show it on a high, you know, high profile documentary like Nova and broadcast it all over the world? But no, 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 it was manipulated. And all the other pelvises that were found, Australopithic uh, Africanus and Sadiba and all these that have come later, they have all been based on this fake pelvis. And you explain to, sometimes I go into the comments, I wish I wouldn't, but I feel I have to sometimes. I go in there and I say, look, they just removed a kink, fit it together, that's it. They're very upfront about it. No, 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 it was manipulated. Really? <laughs> in some cases, you can't get anywhere. So this is the problem. <laughs> it's really interesting. I'd never heard that one. Yeah, that was that was I didn't know that. And it kind of reminds me of like there was an article that came out mm. recently talking about the polarization of politics and, you know, radicals on either side and have how they just can't overcome arguments against mm. their point of view. And I think a lot of that is applicable to some of these, you know, hardcore science and religion debates, of course, you know, I mean, think about people who are extremely religious like that is a huge part of their identity and having anything that kind of picks apart that they really see it as an attack on themselves and you know i'm not super religious my mom's catholic and my dad is southern baptist but uh you know for a long time i didn't think much of it until i actually paleoanthropology class and we were talking about mitochondrial eve which is an australopithecine that all humans are related to and that was like an oh fuck moment for me <laughs> like having that information really solidified some of the, you know, discussions I was having mm. with myself internally about religion and, and science. But, you know, that really sealed the deal in a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, not many people are all that open to a lot no. of these things, right? No. And you know, if you look on YouTube, uh, the, the Flat Earth movement is, is there's so many. Oh, flat Jesus Earth videos. Christ. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, this is about identity as well, because if you boil that down, I won't spend too much time on this because I know it's sort of going in a, in a tangent, but um, if you look at these people, they usually have some sort of identity crisis going on as well. Because if you ask them and keep asking them, why, why does it have to be flat? And they said, don't you see, if it's flat and it's got a dome over it, like we think, that means somebody created it. And that means we were put here for a purpose which is exactly what mm. is the bugbear with uh, creationists. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. And then there's people in science too that like will stick very thoroughly to their <laughs> like honestly like belief in like a theory or you know something that they think is true to mm. the, such an extent that they're unwilling to like look at other oh, Jesus, yeah. theories too. So it goes both ways, but it's definitely if you were to put it on a you know, the Lady Liberty scale, it skews one way. Yeah. And that's yeah. towards creationism. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I think like tying back into what David just said, you know, uh, back to the how Lucy died debate, you know, people are very entrenched in their views. And no matter what scope you're looking at, you know, like religion versus science and like science within science and interpretations like those schisms and, and beliefs, you know, they're riddled throughout. So it's definitely not a science versus religion thing, but just kind of a, mm. you know, how we're engaging in public discourse and how we're um, interacting with one another. You know, we should be having conversations, not confrontations. And one yeah. thing I've learned is is not to try to take the, the God away from some people. Like I say, it's not always about religion. Yeah. It, quite often it is. 
But you can say to them, hey, you know, a god might have created the universe and kicked the whole evolutionary thing off, but please do not call scientists liars because that's what some of them are doing. Yeah. Not all of them, but some of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the clock and the clockmaker debate thing too. I always enjoyed. I think it was Thomas Jefferson yeah. said that. Oh, the, the, um, the watchmaker? But, yeah. Yeah, it was a watchmaker, not a clockmaker. Yeah. But, I mean, fundamentally, they're the same thing, right? A clock is it's just a watch. Yeah. <laughs> or he was like, the the universe is a clock and God is the clockmaker. But like everything else, like, happens, like all the stuff that happens in it, we can like understand, like, and understand the mechanics of it and how that works. That, that doesn't, like, there's nothing wrong with understanding how that works and whatnot. Right. Uh, it's not as if you can see a maker's mark on a tree or a cloud or something, you know, but with, a, <laughs> yeah. with a watch you can yeah. and find the serial number. But I've, and I've said this too, too you know, but um, <laughs> that's where that analogy sort of breaks uh, down. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, serial numbers. I mean, as far as I know, as far as I know. <laughs> Science is still young. I mean, we got genetic coding. <laughs> it's kind of a serial number. Yeah, barcode. But not to get too far away from the, the topic, but... Um, Carlton has so, lost it, yeah. Ooh, that was a good one. That was a good one. He'll do that from time to time. Uh, so I wanted to talk about in this segment for sure is like... So I wanted to start this like media thing, uh, Carlton mm. as well, and jump into it. And I had no like mentor in it or like advisor to be like, how do I do Instagram science? And like, there was no way to do that. And everyone was like, I don't know, just do it. But then I kept stumbling across your page on like the explore page on Instagram or maybe someone tagged me in your page or something, but I remember finding it and then literally searching every one of your posts for anything that had dogs in the paleo art. And I commented like dogs, dogs, and I went through <laughs> and like, looked at everything. And then you started DMing me and we started chatting and then like we ended up web chatting and you like kind of just taught me everything, like how you do stuff. Uh, um, wow. So like, first of all, thanks. Cause now we we're doing well because of you. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, I, I guess we wanted to ask you, like, how did you learn to do this stuff? And how, how'd you, like, you know, build such a huge-ass following? Because you got, like, almost 100,000 people now. I wish I knew. Um, to be honest, <laughs> if, if I put it in a nutshell, I am. it's an ongoing process. It's almost almost like evolution, you know, it's sort of trial and error. But it's it's <laughs> a case of, yeah, slow and glad, gradual, making making some mistakes along the way. It's You, you make you make an account that you yourself would want to see. And if every post doesn't have some sort of wow factor in it, you kind of have to throw it out. And I knew from the beginning that this was to get science out there and make it accessible and make it interesting, exciting to people who are scientists like you guys and who are not scientists like me. And so mm-hmm. I thought the best way to do that is with paleo art. Uh, not charts, you know, as much as I like charts now, but uh, I have very yeah. few of them. Beautiful paleo art, which takes you back in time. And don't just leave it there because I noticed some people had, you know, they had the paleo art on their Instagram, but they didn't have any information. I thought, well, what is this creature? You know, so you, you find the information wherever that is in journals, online, or whatever you know yourself, and you put it in there and you put it in little bite-sized chunks, separate it so you can see these little paragraphs. Because yeah. again, you, you just ask yourself, what would appeal to me and what would turn me off? Look at other accounts. Yeah. What turns me off about that? What excites me about that one? And it's just this 
gradual, you know, what excites you basically is in a nutshell is what I do. Yeah. Yeah. We learned real quickly that people on the internet don't give a shit about graphs or they love memes. That's where we're killing it right now. Oh, yeah. Moving that's images that's our, all the scientific stuff butter. we post. <laughs> now it's right now we've turned into a meme page on archaeology. Yeah. <laughs> I'll spend six hours writing like a really thoughtful and poignant, like well-prosed post on my ethnocynology and then Carlton will like double the engagement with a shitty meme on our account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But bread um, and circuses, bread and yeah. circuses. At the core of it, though, like the way, like we we started building the podcast account with your format, though, which mm-hmm. like you taught wow. us was like the, you know, the chunks and like spacing it out with the because I never thought yep. to put like the little bullet points between paragraphs and like I think I learned that from you just to you know visually break it up a bit so it's not just like you know a blast of information right. at someone's face and like yeah it's just all stuff like that and then also one thing I, I like we always respected about you was like. You always credited the artist and like yeah. in every way you could. And like, I think that made you stand out to me in like another way too. Like some people just throw up someone's artwork and like don't credit it. So it's like, I can't appreciate it. Well, as much I got to be honest. I think in the early yeah. days I didn't. And somebody really, really went to town in the, <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> Why the fuck didn't you, you know, so yeah. then, then on. I also I got thought, called out for that. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I say, trial but yeah, I, I and sometimes you can't find the uh, the artist, and but you, you just have to go on a, a, a dedicated search through the internet to find the artist. And if you don't mm-hmm. find the artist, don't have it. Don't say unknown unknown artist unless they're from the 1800s or something. Just keep looking to find the guy's name or the girl's name, and not only credit them if they've got a website or a deviant art site, put that on there as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I just want to, and I want to come out and say that. Uh, your posts always grab me because of because of those photos, because of those reconstructions. I'm always, always gravitate towards those because it's just, it's like, whoa, okay, why is this rhinoceros with like a freaking antenna on its nose? You know, what, <laughs> like, wh- what the heck is going on with that? And, well, it, allows and it really allows us to capture... <laughs> Yeah, it allows us to <laughs> capture and um, visualize the the deep past that we don't get yeah. very often. So I just want to applaud you. So for you that. have That's- the, oh, thank thank you very much. Yeah, um, and sometimes you probably notice you 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 swipe and then you will see the skeleton, for instance, that in a shot taken in a museum somewhere. So you see the paleo art. So you you get your little trip back in time, and then you get a bit of science uh, after it. But it's, I never think it's a good idea to overdo it, like to have, you know, 10 or 12 things. People just like to quickly go through things. And another thing people like mm-hmm. is uh, the moving image. So if you put, and I really should do more of this, if you have a bit of footage, always goes through the roof. Oh, the, the Tasmanian last thing tigers. I posted, yeah, those, yeah. yeah. Tasmanian tiger or the mud skipper. Yeah. People love it. Yeah. Oh, the mud skipper. I haven't seen that one. That's a new one. Wait, I think, <laughs> is that like the little, uh, or, salamander looking thing that is a a walking amphibian oh okay yeah and that freaks a lot of people out (laughs) (laughs) it it can literally go from one body of water cross the road and then go into another body of water pushing it along in its front fins wow sounds a lot like those chinese lungfish those were a problem in the east coast a while back you remember those david the like lungfish lungfish yeah yeah what are they the snakehead fish 
Mm. Uh, I remember that being a thing in the news as a kid. Yeah. And they were Little like, don't, don't go in the Hudson, but that, they say that every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little fish that can walk walk across land. Yeah, Mark, you have a really cool channel, and we would definitely appreciate it because early on you helped us. I can't remember. I think David introduced me to you because he did his video first, and we started chatting and then did mine, and then... I thought I reached out to David man. first because I loved what he was doing with ethnocynology. That's the way I remember it. Possibly. I remember going through and just commenting dogs on every one of your posts, like just like <laughs> spraying into the wind being like, love me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, but then I think, yeah, you contacted me after doing just like, you know, commenting. And then, then I did an interview and then I, I hooked you up with Carlton or Carlton, like yeah. you maybe. Yeah. But something like that. And then, yeah, we've been planning on having you on here for a while. Cause I remember when we first thought of these our ruin live sections, we called you and we're like, hey, we have this idea. We want to do a couple episodes before getting to you, but we really want to promote you. And that was like in August. And then we were finally able to, to get you down to have you for, uh, yeah, because I remember I was like walking to class, like first day of class, telling you about this idea for a new segment. And now here we are, nine months later, finally have you on. Now that we have the swing of things, yeah. almost a year after the whole program yeah. started. You know, let's, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up here with segment two. Uh, this has been a cool. lot of fun. I can't wait yeah. for uh, segment three to show up here in a bit. And we'll get to chatting about, about haters and copycats, some of our favorite people on social media. So uh, we'll be right back. Enjoy these messages from our sponsors. Hey everyone, we're back with segment three. And, you know, just real quick before uh, we begin this segment, just wanted to give a shout out to our friend Marley. Uh, Marley sent us a really kind email not too long ago huge fan of the show uh we're really happy that you like uh the show marley and we're uh, really happy that we could be an impetus for you continuing your education in anthropology also for our listeners we finally have a website lifeinruins.com you can find us there david did an excellent job with getting it together you can find our instagram our various social media and also our podcast it's on there as well so please give that a check and uh, from there you can contact us let us know what you think we really do appreciate uh, when uh, listeners send us emails get in our dms and let us know uh what they think of the show and who else we should uh, interview. Thank you all very much for being listeners and uh, moving moving on. Yep. So we're back with Mark Torrender. We were talking about his Instagram on Evolution Soup or at Evolution underscore Soup if you're listening. But Mark also has two like much more popular, I guess, let's say they were the the impetus for making his, uh, is that the word? They started his Instagram, his two yeah. YouTube channels. So Mark, do you want to you want to talk about those? Well, I think it's talk beliefs which happened first, and then I thought I've got to do something on evolution. And yeah, I began with the Instagram, and then I thought, well, why don't I do some some interviews with with scientists if that's at all possible? As I said uh, earlier in the show, that sometimes all you have to do is email them and tell them you're passionate about science, and they're very happy to speak to you. And I've been very lucky. Yeah, Dave, I think uh, you've been on Evolution Soup, and I know. Uh, yeah. Carlton, maybe talking about something soon on Evolution Zoop? <laughs> I hope. Let's talk about Kennewick, man. I, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be great. That'd be a cool one. Yeah. yeah. Just yesterday, I was talking to Nizar Ibrahim, who found the Spinosaurus tail in Morocco not long ago. He's going to come on the show tomorrow. So that'll be recorded tomorrow. We could talk about all things Spinosaurus. So 
Uh, I was very surprised that he said yes to that that. because he's, you know, he's being pulled left, right and center by news companies and everything because this is a big deal. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he made some time for me. Oh, that's dude, awesome. I, that's second favorite dinosaur. I'm really excited for that one. <laughs> what, Very what ex- excited for that one. In like one sentence, what exactly like was the find s- significant for for the listeners? The, um, the tail of the Spinosaurus had never been found before, and it was assumed it was going to be this long sort of T-Rex, you know, pointy tail, because all dinosaurs sure. have that. And uh, that's like what Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park 3. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. He, he went back to this, this dig site several times, and this time he found the tail and the vertebra suggested, or the tailbone suggested, that it was a great big paddle, which means it used it for swimming a bit like a crocodile. So it spent a lot of time in the water. And in effect, it is the only aquatic dinosaur, because we're not talking about plesiosaurus or anything. That's something completely different. Dinosaurs, as far as we know, are on the land. But as far as we know, this animal is the only aquatic dinosaur, truly aquatic dinosaur. And that would explain like the big spine on it. Yeah, like the fin thing. The fin possibly used for steering, but nobody's really sure it could be sexual display. But the, the important thing is is that tail, it is, it's like a great big um, fin or paddle, which was not expected. <laughs> Interesting. Because I know the thing has gone through so many changes. I love it so much because the original fossils were bombed in World War II because they're held in the National Museum in Berlin. Oh God, it's such a fun dinosaur, such a fun story. Oh, those bones are gone. And like Spinosaurus. They were, they I were destroyed. Love dinosaurs. <laughs> I know they're gone. Yeah, so it's terrible. Oh. I guess we were going to jump into like how, like the experience you've had being like, I mean, essentially a science educator, science communicator uh, in the past few years, like the ups and downs of it, the, like how you've helped people, how people have reached out to you like negatively and positively. Like, is there anything you wanted to like start with, with that? I'm sure you've got plenty of, Touching stories, but I'm sure there's... In, yeah, yeah, I think there are a couple of touching stories. It happens mostly on Instagram. People assume that I'm, you know, some sort of evolutionary biologist or something, and they they DM me, and they ask me all kinds of questions, and sometimes I know the answers, and other times I have to go and research it. I learn a heck of a lot that way, I tell you. Mm. Or I point them in a direction to something to all of us here would seem, you know, you know, very obvious, like, I don't know, the, the National Geographic channel or a certain book sure. or something like that, or perhaps the person is interested in, in human evolution, never heard of Lucy, never heard the word Australopithecus, and you just give them a link. Case of one person, he said, I, I really want to learn this subject. Can you suggest two books for me? And one I suggested was uh, Why Evolution is True by Jerry Coyne, and the other one was uh, Your Inner Fish by Neil Shubin. And next thing I know, he had posted on his story him holding up the two books saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, these are wonderful. So uh, that kind of, you know, gave me a warm glow. (laughs) Nice. So... And I do want to say very quickly, I get a lot of messages from people in, uh, shall we say, uh, countries which do not look kindly on evolution. I'm talking more Middle Eastern countries. And I know all all of us have probably uh, had this experience. And uh, some of these people sound very sort of timid, even worried that they should be talking to me. And uh, they just, sometimes they just want to chat. Sometimes they want like a book or a website, or they just want to say, you know, thank you. But one thing they all say is, I can't talk about this to my family. So, 
yeah, about the right. about you know I think that animals evolved and speciation happens. Yeah, I I think you and I have had the same person mm. talk to both of us about that, and yeah, but if yeah, you... it's it's an it's an interesting scenario. I also have people that are like have asked me. I think it's from Iran where oh, yeah. they're like asked permission, like, can I share your posts? And like, they'll credit me. And I was like, I don't mind if you like, go ahead and credit me, but just make sure you credit the artist. Cause that's not my photo. And they were like, mm. okay, great. And then like, it's been interesting to me cause I can't see translation cause it's obviously it's in Farsi, but then I can like the translations mm. of what I'm saying, they change some of the words to be a little more like less, Incendiary, incendiary, as I would make it say. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's the word. <laughs> Which I thought at first was just, you know, translation in general, but then, like, I started to notice the pattern of it being, like, less evolution-heavy. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I uh, think I'm, like, I, I consider myself fortunate that I didn't grow up in a household that was very anti-evolution. Like, even though my mom's Catholic and my dad's Southern Baptist, but, like, it was always taught. I never really had that problem until you know, really going to school down south and having to teach evolution at uh, for the uh, middle school science day. Whoa. And I always kind of thought, you know, those... Honestly, it wasn't even the kids. It was the fucking janitor sitting in the back. Like, that was... <laughs> that's who got me. Not the students or the teacher. It was the janitor who was just watching the presentation. Yeah, just like... <laughs> but it was funny. When he talked, he's, I was, he raised his hand. I was like, oh, here we go. And he's just like... So the aliens built the pyramids, right? And I was like, no, oh. no, 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 no. And this is a talk on evolution, sir. You know, I think, you know, you guys definitely, Mark and David, because you guys are far more active on social media and pushing these boundaries. Like, you know, I get I get upset when people talk shit about David on his Instagram. I couldn't <laughs> imagine being the focus of being someone's punching bag when they disagree with you. So definitely my hat's off to my hat off to you two for like really doing this public engagement, really doing the science communication and opening this dialogue on a place that is so full of vitriol where people mm. can hide behind a screen and they can say whatever they want. I think, you know, it takes definitely some skin to do that. But I'm sure David will agree because um, we both get, you know, comments from anti-evolution people um the best thing to do is not to insult them back the best thing to do is just keep putting you know blocks of science and facts if you are going to respond mm -hmm. at all and yeah they're going to keep saying no it isn't no it isn't but 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 no that's wrong and you just keep giving them facts and then in the end they go away <laughs> yeah or perhaps they learn something or yeah and it will get heated sometimes only one way. And then like the people that are yes. reading your comments will be like, yes. all right, well, this person's clearly, it's a straw man attack at this point. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Or David calls in his bulldog. Yeah. And so it's, <laughs> sometimes I'll, someone told me that I compared indigenous peoples to cavemen too often. And I was like, well, hold up. I'm not comparing indigenous peoples to cavemen. I'm, I'm, in, I'm comparing Paleolithic Europeans to cavemen, which is, you know, who's in the post that I'm talking about because it's in France. And then, and then I like tagged Carlton in it and I was like, you want to handle this? And then Carlton just went in and like lit him up. But yeah. Um, but those are interesting ones. And then I don't know if you get these, Mark, but like people that comment, not even like a question or like a comment, they just like state 
something that they wanted to sound smart about and like oh, that, yeah, like that's... about like the post, like those ones are the most annoying ones. And it's like, annoying cool, I just said that and baffling <laughs> as well. Yes. I've got an example yeah. here. If you want to hear one. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are you sure about this? Oh, please, 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 please. Okay. It's, it's gotta be better than any of mine. <laughs> okay. I did a video. This is on my talk beliefs channel before I'd come over to, uh, do evolution soup, uh, called the evidence for evolution. It was about ERV, ERVs, endogenous retroviruses, which is sort of like a date stamp that you can get on uh, human cells. And it's a really good proof of evolution. So a person posted, the theory of evolution is just a theory about a scientific theory, adaptation. It is a faith. Jesus turns homosexuals into straight people supernaturally. That is observable evidence. Works on depression, heroin addiction, alcoholism, bipolar disorder, and many other things too. I go where the observable evidence is. There it is. That's just one. Let's unpack that real quick. Oh, oh, if we can. That's oh. just one. <laughs> he supernaturally oh. turns people into homosexuals. Oh, yeah. That's. Yeah, he turns homosexuals into straight people. And that's scientifically people. proven. Oh, into straight right? people. <laughs> And the name of the poster is, all caps, we obey Jesus. Mike Pence? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. Now, maybe it's a troll, but I think think this, you you do look at their profile and and their videos and everything on YouTube, and you think, oh, gosh, they're genuine. You know, basically, they're saying, (laughs) I don't know what they're saying. Man. Those are my favorite when you get a troll and then you go to their page and just says, if you're here, oh it's because God. I'm an asshole. And they're just like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. those ones nailed uh, it. That's a lot of Instagram, but yeah. Do you have any others like that? Uh, let me see. Uh, do I Supernaturally turn. Huh? And you hmm. say Jesus cures bipolar disorder. Is that what it was? Uh, it's observable he, fact, David. Yeah. It, oh. They uh, saw it. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, it works on depression, heroin addiction, alcoholism, bipolar disorder, and many other things too. So what he's saying those are is all that, the same. that your magic of evolution doesn't work, but our our magic does work. So interesting. <laughs> nope. Have you guys ever seen uh, that movie uh, Division Three Football's Finest? And I, I promise it's relevant. Uh, no, no? I'm it's, it's an Andy Dick movie, and uh, the 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 assistant coach is extremely Christian and he's doing a, uh, a bit for the guys. He's just, you know, it's like, you know, Andy lead us into a, lead us into a prayer for tonight's football game. He's just like, well, I ain't one for talking about the Lord, but Jesus loves football. <laughs> there's been a whole hell of a lot of talk about this here. Evolution. Evolution's what I call it. Oh yes, I got that. Now, <laughs> it's like it was the Holy Land. It weren't Jurassic Park. This is all bullshit. <laughs> dying watching this movie. It's what I showed it to uh, Dr. Melissa Murphy at University of Wyoming, and she was crying, laughing. Like, where do you find this shit? But every time I, I think of these conversations, I think of that one little bit from that movie where it's just, just it's just gold. Yeah, evolution. E V I L. Yes, I hear that a lot. Yeah. And the novel as crazy as that one. There's this one little short one here. This is a sort of a basic one you get. Absence of evidence is the big problem with evolutionism. It is a faith-based religion. From the beginning, evolutionism has been based upon religion, not evidence. So Absence of evidence. evidence. Look at my chest not- hair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
need to bring you along. Absence of evidence is not evidence of for absence. <laughs> uh, that oh. yeah, those ones just you can't even start with those ones. You're not gonna yeah. turn them. Yeah, I mean, there's just. I mean, I can imagine it. Um, you know, the evolution stoop stuff. That has to be pretty crazy, but I imagine the stuff you get on talk beliefs, like you talk about Jehovah's Witnesses, oh, yeah. talking about Mormons is especially like a big one. I know there's like another big famous podcast, uh, Lost Podcast on Left. They had like a seven episode series on the history of Mormonism. Oh, and, yeah. you know, the comments in that were just. Well, I, I uh, challenge any of you to look at any of my Mormon uploads on talk beliefs and then look at the comment section and I will say no more. <laughs> it's just a firestorm. All right, <laughs> I'll check that oh. out. Oh boy! I had here's a fun story before we before we wrap up. I had never uh, encountered many Mormons uh, growing up out east. Uh, some in in Tennessee, and they were delightful people. Like they're very like, nice. really nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but out, out west though, they would come knock on doors all the time, and I, I wasn't used to that. And like someone came and knocked on the door and like, I could tell just the black tie, the white shirt. And before he said anything, I was like, Hey, just, I'm going to spare you the talk. (laughs) She's a lesbian. I'm a Jew. Like, just don't just go. (laughs) And then he was like, Oh, you're, you're Jewish. And I was like, yeah. And closed the door. (laughs) And I felt like really bad. I don't want to waste this time. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. My mom's, my mom's family's from Utah where they're like the only Catholic, well, not the only Catholic family, but one of the, one of the few in in Utah. And I have a couple of cousins that are Mormon. And so it's like, I've always been around that. Um, And, you know, lovely people, nice people, very family oriented. I do appreciate David's um, Kanye kind of thing. You know, I'm a, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and on that note, um, because we we do this podcast called A Life in Ruins, we always ask to, have, like to ask our guests this question um, before the interview's over. You know, so if if Mark, if you were given the mm. chance, would you would you still choose to live a life in ruins or in possibly debating and maybe ruining people's uh, ruining pers- lives on YouTube <laughs> perspectives <laughs> <laughs> or educating the public. On a yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's better. I, I absolutely would because what I said before about these messages you get and uh, just a little, little rays of hope you give people, it just sort of makes it all worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, on behalf of all three of us, uh, you are the, uh, I wouldn't say, I guess you sit on the Jedi council and we are Amir Padawans. So oh, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. All right, everyone. That was, uh, oh, yeah. definitely before we go, you could definitely check out Mark here on uh, just YouTube and Instagram evolution soup and uh, on YouTube talk beliefs. Go check out Mark. They're absolutely amazing. So yeah. Follow him Instagram, follow him on YouTube. It is a blast. So, uh, yeah, just interviewed Mark Torender for episode 24. Had to verify the episode number. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mark, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate your time. And with that, we're out. Yeah. Great. Thanks for listening to a life in ruins podcast. 
You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Life in Ruins Podcast, and you can also email us at A Life in Ruins Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, make sure to bring your archaeologists in from the cold and feed them beer. Um, so I wrote, I wrote one that's really shitty, but I also researched another one. So we're, I'll do the one I wrote first, and then we'll go from there. But guys, what do you call a radical death-defying evolutionist? What's the matter with that? Evil can evolution. No, it's evil. Okay. Right, right. okay um, what's Martha Stewart's recipe for chicken soup? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we were going to find Martha Stewart. <laughs> First, boil the chicken, then dump the stocks. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was topical like a decade ago. Oh, evolution soup. Right. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Oh, Come boy. Okay. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Oh, thank you, everybody. We're, we're yeah. done. We're done. We're done. We're All right, as I promised in the beginning of the episode, Mark's going to talk about some little tidbits you could talk about, about evolution, you know, at the dinner table at Thanksgiving or with anyone you meet on the street. Well, this is something you can yeah, definitely try at the dinner table. Ask anyone in your family or any of your friends if they can wiggle their ears. Now, if they can, that is demonstrating evolution. So not everyone can do this, but those of us who can do it, that means that uh, we are hearkening back to the days when our ancestors had ears which could move a bit like a horse or a, a cat to look for their their young or to watch out for predators. So if you can do that, those three muscles attached to your ear, uh, if they can make your ears move, there's no other reason to have that unless in, in, in the light of evolution. So that's a nice little uh, tidbit that you can uh, share with your friends. And another one is uh, goosebumps. Why when you get cold or you know if you get scared, why does the hair stand up? Now, there's absolutely no reason for this whatsoever. But again, this is vestigial, and it calls back to a time when our ancestors, our more furry ancestors, uh, if they were cold, they tried to fluff themselves up like you would see with a cat today uh, for insulation or to make themselves look bigger to scare off predators. And uh, we still have that. So that is another cool proof of evolution. That's really cool. So when you, you when you get like kind of nervous or scared or in a vulnerable situation, mm-hmm. your hair stands on end. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Super yeah. Cool. And there's a lot of other weird things as well, but I uh, don't think we have time. <laughs> but it, there is plenty of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, that sounds great. I think we can do uh, another segment later on where we can just put you on our podcast page with fun facts from Mark. But uh, yeah, those That's are awesome. Idea. Yeah, appreciate it, Mark. And uh, with that, our episode is finally over. We're glad you guys made it this far for a little bonus, some little nuggets of info. All right, we're out. This show is produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.